The following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. Whatever floats your quote. So this is like freestyle rapping for nerds. Thematically and spiritually, yes. Thematically and spiritually, yes, what? Sorry, that sounded like really like, shut up and listen to my point. All right, I'd like to welcome everyone to the Second Rate Saints podcast. Uh, We are, what, an hour and a half delayed. This is how long it took us to get starting. Um, I'm your producer, Caleb. To my left... I'm Joel, and I'm just here. And to my left is... Colton, and I guess I'm now the marketer or something like that. We'll and figure out. You're the landowner. Yeah. Landlord. Landlord? I'm yeah. the landowner. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. And to my left? Uh, I'm Josh. Um, I have a notebook in front of me. I'm taking notes Sweet. about what we say so that I can uh, use it as blackmail later. It's going to be recorded, buddy. Yeah. Damn it. I, I, think, <laughs> <laughs> I think of uh, us four, you're probably the closest to actually being a landlord, though. Maybe. Considering you, I don't know. you were using your house. True. I mean... Mm. But we, it's the same as us. This is not to say everyone else is homeless. <laughs> okay, bad start, I guess. But to the left of myself. Ah, we're back at me. Is Caleb. Yeah. So we're missing Stuart again, unfortunately. unfortunately. But I do have good news. Stuart is coming at some point. I'm always missing Stuart. Stuart's going to be great, man. Yeah. He's one, we actually haven't released an episode with him as a founding member of the podcast. Oh, yeah. no. Uh, and I'm very excited for He's it. One Although of the, one of the few guys I have fun disagreeing with. <laughs> okay, uh, we have uh, a couple of his essays are actually up on the blog yep. if you want to get a little introduced into Stuart, but I'm very much looking forward to his contribution. Yep. Um, Josh, you read books. What have you read? <laughs> yeah, I, I do read slowly, though. Yeah. Um, that's why it took me two days to get through this book that's 90 pages long, um, reading like a lot of hours, but... Um, <laughs> Okay, so this book is called The Serpent and the Serpent Slayer. It is a from a series called Short Studies in Biblical Theology. Um, short Studies in Biblical Theology are... It's a series of books that take a theme throughout the Bible and present the theology of that various topic. Yeah. So some of the other uh, titles are The Son of God, Marriage, Work, Covenant... I actually have two more that I'm going to read. I actually have them sitting in front of me. Uh, I got one of them today. Um, City of God and the Goal of Creation, and From Creation to Cosmos, Creation to New Creation. And this, this series is done by Crossway, not to be confused with uh, New Studies in Biblical Theology by IVP, yes. Yes. Um, which I think, as far as I can tell, probably has a little bit more of an academic slant. Um, yes. What exactly, like, it's about Serpent and the Serpent Slayer, yeah. what does that mean? So what it's going, it's taking the Genesis 3 quote from the curse about the serpent uh, biting the seed of the woman's heel and the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head. Um, Right. And it takes that theme of that comparison of the serpent and the serpent killer Mm -hmm. um, throughout the Bible. Um, But not only that, it, it discusses 
the use and the theological implications of every reference to serpent or the like. Right. So there's a bunch of words, and it includes them all in the back of the books, which I like this about it. It records, like, all the occurrences of the word throughout the Bible. So, like, you know, like, right. how how each book is influenced by that idea. But then it also lists all the book, the words, and its definitions. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So, now, like... Sorry. Oh, no worries. Um, so, like, for example, it lists the word snake is uh, efeh. In Hebrew, it also lists, uh, <laughs> depending on the the use of the vav or the wa, mm-hmm. depending on if it's the sure. w or the v. Yep, it's leviathan or leviathan. <laughs> leviathan. <laughs> leviathan. I gotta start pronouncing it that way. Leviathan. That's um, good. That's what a baby Jesus called. <laughs> the, the 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 serpent he would one day kill. Oh man. <laughs> And then you've also got Nahash, which is the one of the more common ones, um, which is just general word snake. Uh, you've got a bunch of Pethen, Tsepha, Tsephoni, Rahab. So Rahab. you also, not just going to make a distinction yeah. here, um, you wrote your biblical theology work for your, um, for your degree. Yeah, 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 for your degree on Satan. Yes. Now that differs, although it has lots of ties to this book. Yes, yes. And can, um, can you explain the differences there? Yes, that's a good question. So what he's doing is he's taking the usage of serpents, dragons, sea monsters, Leviathan, as the example, across scripture. But the enemy that is that we in the New Testament, like past the New Testament as Christians, know to be the serpent, Satan... Mm-hmm. Is not only described as a serpent. He, it's most he's most commonly described as such, right? Um, but he's also described as the enemy, the accuser, the blasphemer, the all these things. Um, the enemy, um, the the devil. Sure. Um, and so you've got he's got a bunch of terms used for him, mm-hmm. but the the common expression for him is that snake in the garden. Right, uh, the the one that caused the problems in the original. So, but those I, those two aren't tied together until like directly until Revelation, right? Yeah, it's it's you can. There's a theme, kind of like with the Messiah being God, mm-hmm. God and man. Mm-hmm. Is, Messiah being God, sometimes a foreign yeah. king, maybe yeah. the 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 Israelite king, maybe, but then it all kind of comes up together in Jesus. Yes. Um, and the same thing with Satan, where it's, there's a bunch of, like, there's, there's there's really, in my paper, what I showed was there's two streams of information. Okay. There's, uh, there's this being called the enemy or the accuser, mm-hmm. most commonly the accuser, um, who is this seemingly angelic being who opposes God's people. Okay. But in really strange ways. Uh, he's around God. Mm-hmm. And he speaks to God, uh, but God rebukes him every time he talks. Okay. Right. I don't want you to reveal <laughs> yeah. too much about your paper, because at some point we're going to be going through your paper. You're absolutely right. Um, um, but anyway, you... so the yeah. paper, the, so the, the, the book here, what he does a really good job as is showing you, hey, the serpent described in Genesis. And he talks about how the serpent is portrayed in the story, mm-hmm. but not just like, so for example, it's described as cunning. Mm-hmm. But the word used in Hebrew is actually very ambiguous. It's like wise, prudent, cunning, 
crafty. Like, it's a wide mm-hmm. range of ideas. Hmm. But when you read the story and then look back at what he did, crafty's the only definition that could be used here okay. for cunning. So, like, there's a bunch of descriptors that is used on him, or, like, the Leviathan is this big, strong, mm-hmm. powerful um, creature in Job. But when you look back on the story... After you've read the whole thing, you see that the descriptors are highlighting its negative, destructive nature. Yeah, it's okay. it's a opposition to life. <clears throat> so, does he yeah. draw the line between Leviathan and Satan, like one to one kind of a thing? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, Do you, don't most don't most theologies that actually take that as a unified like they try to look at that topic throughout the Bible? They yeah. always they always end up concluding. Leviathan and Satan as a one to one. Yeah, so because I've, I've heard that a yeah. lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's because later in the New Testament, where you see the connection is you see the Greek word for the Leviathan would be dracon, mm-hmm. dragon, mm-hmm. which right. is they're described as the same being a uh, a lizard that breathes fire from the depths. Mm-hmm. Um, that and there's two verses in Revelations where it says that old serpent, the dragon, the red dragon, mm-hmm. yeah, Satan. The devil. Yeah. Where it's, it just basically, John is just taking all these streams of information throughout the Bible, puts them together. I, that that uh, New Studies in Biblical Theology that I lent to you, Colton, with yep. the uh, All Things New. Um, Still have to read it. It's amazing at showing how John mm-hmm. brings up, like, hey, this is how the dragon theme in this, and this is yeah, how it comes right, out. This right. is this Near Eastern mm-hmm. context and how it's brought up through Greek. Yeah. Um, is that book similar in that there's a lot of... Um... It's very rudimentary okay. because it's short studies. It's not new studies. So okay. um, so it's it's only like 100 pages. So it might be perfect for people that oh, you know, yeah. aren't biblical theologians. If you want to get the, the concept down like so that you know the concept, great. It's like it's like a... Here's a definition of a theology. Okay. It's not the, the full work of the theology, but it's like, here's the definition. Yeah. Um, but to like to your point about the Leviathan... What he points out here is that it's like the Leviathan, the word used, is in reference to Near Eastern monsters. Okay, that's what I was going to bring yeah. is That's always been my interpretation yeah. of it. But God, I mean, sorry, the author is using the reference of the Near Eastern monster mm-hmm. and applying it to Satan. Okay, yeah. The, just yeah. just as opposition, general opposition. No, like like he's he's taking this like pictorial framework, yeah. modifying it slightly, mm-hmm. and applying applying satan he's saying that monster that's satan yeah so okay um well then what do you what is what is satan doing in the courts of heaven then is there kind of a description of that as now we're getting job is very confusing uh to me or not confusing to me i love job because it's kind of weird um Um, as a from my personal study outside of it mm -hmm. um satan being satan's relationship with god Mm mm-hmm is largely doesn't get into it because it's not important to us as far as the biblical text is as far as god cares about our relationship with himself mm-hmm. like us with god he's yeah. saying his what god is saying is with the lack of information is, is that my relationship with satan he's evil he's opposing you he's yeah. opposing me yeah how that works out in the spiritual realm mm-hmm. is of no concern to you mm-hmm. but it's nothing like that's been proposed by the medieval theologians which are closer to dualism yeah, that's no. more. There's like, there's way more. Well, and, there's no power, and that's God. how yeah. that's why they're uh, the reference to the Leviathan Job is so important because what God does, what God is saying in the like two chapter mm-hmm. part, chapter thirty nine, chapter forty, is he's saying 
uh, he's questioning Job. He's like, who do you think you are? Right? Because you're obviously <laughs> you're the Almighty. He's yeah. being sarcastic. You're the Almighty. You created the earth. You created everything in the depths. You created mm-hmm. life. And you give the, the bird its food. And you give all these things. Mm-hmm. But then you... Um, and then he talks about the Leviathan. This ancient yeah. monster that everybody knows. Yeah. And he says, you wouldn't even dare fight it. Because it's so incredibly powerful. Yeah. And he says, but I made it. Well, I what, got on a leash. So it can only do what I want it to do. In in that framework, what do you consider the behemoth to be? Um just another It's it's a it's a I think in this, yeah. Um people have made connections to the to the beast of the land. To that the makes beast more of the sense. sea and the beast of the land, because yeah, one right. is on the land and the Leviathan is on the sea. But mm-hmm. um that that's a fun reference. I think in terms of this, if he's mm-hmm. just saying, Hey, there's see these giant animals mm-hmm. that live on the earth? Yeah. Here's this other thing that's bigger. Yeah. It's a scale reference. Yeah, I suppose. Um, less theological. Mm-hmm. More like, hey, here's this. You're, you're afraid of this giant like, landmark. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, um, just to bring it back, uh, and I hate to keep referencing it, but New Studies in Biblical Theology just last year, yeah, last year, um, released Piercing the Leviathan, mm-hmm. um, God's Defeat of Evil in the Book of Job. Which is one that I've wanted to pick and, up. Yeah, yeah, we talked yeah. about it, and uh, I just haven't yet. But I'm yeah. very much one looking day. forward to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's he's taking like he does with many pictures, like, um, for example, the Ezekiel 28 passage where it talks about this being who was in the Garden of God and blah mm-hmm. blah, and he cast before kings of the earth and cast them out of heaven. That story, we as Christians look at that and go, "Oh, that's Satan." God right. is talking about Satan's yeah. destruction. It's He's, yes, but not primarily. That's a story from the Tyre religion, mm-hmm. the city of Tyre. Um, yeah. And God is referencing it to the king of Tyre. Mm-hmm. They don't have a king. They have princes. Their god is their king. Mm-hmm. So he's talking to the god, who's a demon, Ooh. about you were in the garden of God and I cast you out. Mm. So he's he's taking this Tyre story and placing satan on top of it just like he takes the leviathan and places satan on john top does something it. very similar with the yeah. virgin and the dragon in the sky and yeah. all that kind yeah. of stuff it's it's built in off of roman right? yeah. yeah um built off of roman uh, myths around jupiter apollo jupiter's son okay but yeah. apollo has a different name the paul is the greek name yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Logan, right? is that right not to festus oh shoot. yeah what have i been thinking of? um either way it's, yeah. it's it's the same idea of using relevant Isn't apollo just apollo Pretty sure it's the same. I could I be think wrong. Apollo just stays Apollo in Roman. Yeah. I have no idea. Do we have the internet to access? Well, I suppose. In the Iliad, but... Zeus is referred to as Jove, but Apollo is still Apollo. So they use using... Yeah, maybe. It's a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Phoebos. Phoebos? Yeah. Um, that can make sense. I did not know that. Look yeah. at that. Apollo is also there. Also, Greek is Apollon, not Apollo. Uh, which is interesting. Hmm. Okay. Makes so, sense. It's all Greek to me. Uh, that's, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. But it, so, looks, it looks like the names are almost identical. It's just slight spelling and pronunciation okay. differences. Yeah. But and the, to conclude... Fair the, enough. To conclude the yeah. part about the book, The Serpent and the Serpent Slayer, is he gets to the point where he, he talks about how characters throughout the Bible slay the serpent, um, but ultimately Christ is the one that crushes its head. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and him being bitten on the ankle is the cross. Right. But it in doing so crushes the serpent right and so 
Okay. You saying Chris is Victor from our last podcast or two episodes ago? No. Uh oh. Okay. No. That's what I am. No. Um, So we've kind of had a theme actually with the last several podcasts. We did justification, then Mm -hmm. we did sanctification. Um, I guess we did atonement, then we did no, we did justification, then atonement, atonement. then we did uh, sanctification. Um, And now we're going to talk about that final step in God's uh, salvific plan for humanity: glorification. And I thought it was annihilation. (laughs) The purge. Oh no. yeah, that's. We'll see how deep into eschatology we get now. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's um, Josh? When you hear glorification, mm-hmm. what what comes to your mind? My mind is like. Do you want quick answer? Whatever answer you want to give me. Okay, I was gonna say um, that the individual at the end of his life, after he has died, is re- resurrected again into the new creation mm-hmm. with his new body. Mm-hmm. Um, the same way that Jesus was glorified after his resurrection and his body was different. Okay. As some might say, because it's, we're talking about things after death. So it's hard to, we couldn't fully describe it because there's a mystery to it, Mm -hmm. but it seems like there's a, your you're not just returning to the Eden creation of the the, perf, the the better person yeah who does not sin but you're also seemingly better there yeah. there seems to be different aspects to it yeah well and it's it's new features both shrouded in mystery and impossible to comprehend from our state like Paul gets on the whole like first Corinthians 2 9 um, no eye has seen nor ear has heard what uh, and no human mind has conceived the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And yeah. He's talking about that future state that we yeah. have with God, where we are with God and he is with us, yeah. uh, building off that, like, the Garden of Eden right. thing, but yeah. not more than just God coming down in the cool of the day. Uh, Revelation puts that idea that there's the, the city, the new Jerusalem, um, permanently on earth, which is, again, what does that mean? How is that better? Eh, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor mind has conceived what that's actually like <clears throat> that which nothing else can no nothing greater can be conceived yeah we'll get into ontology ontology let's do it we'll um, do a podcast on that someday <laughs> caleb or joel do you yeah. got do you want to define what glorification is in relation to sanctification and justification sorry can you glorification is as opposed to sanctification no in relation to it like what what does it mean You've been justified. You're mm-hmm. being sanctified. What does it mean then to be glorified? Well, it's, it's the final step in in the whole process. I don't know if be glorified is the best way to put that, right? Um, you don't want to use the word in its definition? What do you mean? Oh, never mind. What? I must have got... I, I must have heard something else. <clears throat> Just oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, he's asking, like, what? how does it fit into that process? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? What does it mean? How does it fit within the salvific um, plan of God? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I can tell, and from from my studies, it's it's the it's that where we share that new life that comes with Christ in full capacity. Okay. Right now we have the kind of a little bit like the kingdom, the already and not yet. We still have that sinful nature within us, and we still have obviously mortal bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, not not to ask another question, but what does what does that mean? What does it mean to share in the in the 
whatever fullness of Christ. What does that mean? Can I make an like, attempt? What, what about, yeah, I, what about I, I can. Let, let me let me let me continue on with it with your first question, which sure, I think is going to answer that. Yeah. That um, when we share in the resurrected life, right? Like which we are already doing by the Spirit that is within us. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that whole thing with the uh, sealed by the Holy Spirit, given the same the same Spirit that resurrected Christ from the dead now lives in you. Blah blah right. blah. All that kind of stuff. Um, Paul depicts in Romans that kind of like duality within himself. Like, I can't, but I want to, but I, I do do what I want to do. Um, so the removal of the sinful nature will be there, which is okay. the, um, as laid out at least by Jewish and Christian theology, is the source of all the world's, let's, let's just group it all together, as all the world's ought-nots, um, the things that caused um, our our relationship with God to splinter and to mm-hmm. veer off course. Um, and so glorification not only is the final step of us joining Christ in that resurrected life right. post-death, um, it's also the uh, the ultimate, let's say, the, 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 the final goal of Christ's uh, victory from his cross resurrection. And that's why two, those two things have to go together. Um, does that answer okay. your question at all? I think so. Uh, the The reason why I bring it up is because I think I'm slightly confused on what does it mean to like, what changes between now and glorification? Like, are we the same? Are we still? Are we? Do we have will? Do we? Well, can I give my personal definition? Not maybe it's not my personal definition. When does it happen? Your truth. Yeah. This is my truth. No. Um, I was going to say the actualization and participation of our role in a new creation. That rhymed accidentally. Not intentional. That's really good. I like it. Let's just say it again. Right? The actualization and participation of our role in Christ's new creation. It does rhyme. It does rhyme. Didn't try to, but you're a poet at heart. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Scripture actually is uh, not super clear what that new life will be because you have you have moments. um, Let's see here. What what verse is that? In Revelation seven nineteen, you have for they shall hunger no more, neither will they thirst any more. However, Christ's body could eat and drink, as we've seen when he when he was resurrected and then he um interacted with the disciples in that locked room right uh, i think both times he eats and drinks when he meets them um however those accounts might be the same account just in different gospels but regardless um the sun shall not strike uh, shall not strike them uh, so work and toil isn't going to be the same as depicted by ecclesiastes there's going to be more okay. of a harmonization there um well you 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 work because you want to because of- you have to yeah, but but also as a kind of survival, which but. which is an undoing of the yeah. now by your sweat and brow you'll have yeah. to yeah, which is yeah. in the fall right. Um, you also have things like like uh, they will neither be male nor female. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Where's that? Um, that's in the uh, when Romans, right? No, Jesus says it to the Sadducees when they're like, ah, oh, who's gonna be marrying who? And I don't know if that's no male or female. I th- I think. Yeah, they just, they, they, it says it they yeah. will be like the angels, neither male nor female. I can look it up. Does it actually yeah, say that? It right says out that. the gate? Um, oh, that's an interesting I think, uh, if I had to guess, I think it's because the idea of... Um, uh, we're still rated G. Um, is uh, um, Because we will not be having sex because there will be no more reproduction is the word. If, the, all, if all the sex indicators are removed, we're the same. Maybe. Here's the thing, humans. Are, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not here making. Yeah. I'm not now making a argument that human reproduction will still continue. 
I don't. Uh, but I think but, it's kind mm. of like transcendent androgyny type deal. That thought kind of leads, in I, my mind, into like a weird Gnostic thing where you're going to shed all of your indicators yeah. of your yeah. own. Like, here's I the think, thing. We're still going to be, like, it's a physical well, here, resurrection, here, right? The, like, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I was here's the verse. Yeah. Here's the verse. Mark 12, 25. When the dead rise, they will, be neither, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Um, and then you have other verses. And there's neither uh, male nor female and all that kind of stuff. Now, you could say that that's a statement of worth because it's a culture that sees worth on male and female, slave and free. Right. Absolutely fair. Um, um, I would appeal to mystery because the scriptural, scriptural text on this kind of leaves it for mystery anyway. Yeah. Here's, here's what I think, okay? I'm not, I just, I have thoughts on this. And I, okay. I, so the whole idea of marriage to begin with is a unification or like a, a an actual representation of Christ and his church, or you could even say uh, the love between the Trinity itself, right? Yeah, yeah I'd start getting within, more careful with Trinitarian language, but yeah, I, know, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying, because you've also... No, maybe you haven't read that book. Okay, anyways, it's a whole thing. Um, with uh, Timothy Keller's Reason for God, he goes over it in the end. Mm, that okay. At some point, and in glorification and in resurrection, you become part of the... Um, the love that is shared within the Trinity, which is a complete and whole love yep. that we only have a uh, very small representation of within something like the relationship of marriage. Yeah. Okay. So when he says you yeah. will not be okay. married or be given in marriage, I'm, my thought is not, um, you know, because you have nothing else to offer or no reproduction. It's that you will already be whole, that you won't actually okay. need um, somebody to try to know you as completely yes. as the Lord does well, because you will be known completely you, you, by the Lord and those same, around you. You have the same thought reflected in in Paul, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, when it's, for now we see only through a reflection in a mirror. Relationships mm-hmm. are currently broken. The yeah. sinful mm-hmm. nature still corrupts both our yeah. relationship to one another and to God. Uh, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall now fully as I am fully known. Yeah. And so I, there's that holistic thing that I think you're getting at that mm-hmm. I think is probably... And here's the context, though, of Christ's thing, if my memory is right, and I should really have looked at this. Um, he's debating Sadducees. Yeah, yeah. Um, which mm-hmm. is specifically about reproduction. Yeah. Um, okay. The, yeah. Other, the other thing it about is. your yeah. point yeah. is um, because of the lack of sin and the problems with human communication and relationships, because mm-hmm. not only will the connection between God and men be fixed, but the connection between men and men like man in itself yeah um that any relationship which is part of the fall yeah yeah Yeah. um but any individual relationship would be more fulfilling than any marriage on earth okay but here's the problem is as far uh, as like connection and intimacy because um there's nothing getting in the way mm -hmm. yeah the the big the big issue i have with this well it's two things one's more regardless of the sex thing yeah, one is not as much of an issue. It's more of a pedantic thing. It's like, okay, how much of us is actually influenced by our sex, by the hormones in us? When mm-hmm. we are remade into new bodies from our old bodies, how much of that's actually going to change? I think it's a little weird to say it just completely changes to complete androgyny. Um, but I think scripture's vague. I think scripture's vague, yeah. too. I'm thinking more just as a thought experiment. Yeah. But the other thing is that uh, in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, man being created as both male and female is a very big part of the symbolism of it, of the unification of man and woman, even mm-hmm. before the fall, is being representa- a mm-hmm. representation of the relationship of God with himself. Yeah. Well, there's also the aspect, too, of they will not be, you know, given or taken in marriage. Yet, 
Adam and Eve were given and yeah. taken in marriage pre-fall. Also, their union is talked about. They will be cleaved yeah. from their parents and become mm-hmm. one flesh. However, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that's that's a person in uh, the fall looking back at the like writing about the thing, yes. not before. Yeah. <laughs> and but, but um, to your point, it's more the symbolic reason that gets to the point of the idea that what is after is greater than what was before. Yeah. So I, I agree. I yeah. Agree. Yeah. Um, that the. Because it was all leading to Christ, anyways. Um, no, no. <laughs> um, but the 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 removing of if just personal thought. If we if this is actually happening, if mm-hmm. people are not being given into marriage, um, it doesn't mean that they become androgynous. It just means that the reproduction uh, aspect of the human sure. is gone. But they're still individually unique, and male and female. Yeah, like as. I, types of humans, yes. I don't want to get bogged down here, guys. I, know, right. I, don't, I don't either. Yeah. To me, it, it is a like a big part of glorification, or at least the resurrection, the physical resurrection. Yeah. Because that's the question you get. Is, well, I think the conquering of death is, is the, the bigger thing. Oh, absolutely. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. But the uh, fact that we've discussed this means that we're confused. dealing with something that is... Fag. Has mystery as a yeah. aspect of the you're right but if, yeah. if the scriptural text only dedicates like six verses for it and mm-hmm. a bunch of others for for yeah. a different theme and glorification we should probably follow the emphasis that the biblical text has absolutely okay yeah i have a question then. okay sorry that sounded like really like shut up and listen to my point <laughs> no, no, no. the only point i was Just making was right. we've talked about it why did we talk about it because it's a because it doesn't. This is a mystery. Well, yeah, I, I guess this yeah. is why I'd, well, I'd go to the no eye has seen nor ear has heard. Yeah. Mind, human mind has yeah. fully con- comprehended. Because we just, there's so many things that are said about the future state of the sure. glorified that we're just like, ah, how, how the hell does that work? Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's still worth trying to think it through to be like, oh, that's definitely not what it is. Or this might be true. Or, or just for fun just to see what the bible is trying to say yeah uh, yeah as long as as long as conversation doesn't yeah unless we don't get there. bogged down in yeah. it too far yeah okay the other the other question speaking of vagueness is this idea of when does glorification exactly happen is it specifically at end times or is it sometime before that like is it ju- after we die is it well when does mm. the end times happen? now we're <laughs> and here we are in eschatology i didn't want to go too far into it it's more that um can we go to like it for example say we go to heaven before end times happens mm-hmm. are we glorified and in the presence of god or do we become glorified when god renews our bodies um i think regardless of whether you're pre a post or millennial i'm pantrib yeah anyway the no, pan no, it no, pans out hey <laughs> anyway yeah. it pans out i'm all right with that yeah. no but i think regardless of how that goes Mm-hmm. It's when the resurrection occurs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then, are we still being sanctified even in the presence of God? Um. So again, regardless. Okay. The glorification happens when the person is introduced into the new creation. Okay. That that that's like regardless of the situation. Would, would you be able to separate into two different types of glorification? One of like more your soul and then, and then the final true glorification? I think, the, I think the aspect of the soul thing is the sanctification. Yeah, but I'm talking about, isn't glorification also the uh, end goal of, of spiritual sanctification? Yeah, so if, if yeah. the person is not resurrected yet, yeah, then it has 
it's not glorified. Well, they, they also they also aren't man. I, yeah, I can't so believe I'm still about in about the to process of sanctification in God's presence. Mm. It, I don't know, but because I would I would just say that they're two different types of glorification, right? I don't know if I'd tie glorification into the idea that you're in that waiting place, what Christ called paradise on the yeah. cross, to the fellow criminal. Not yeah. fellow, whoa, to the criminal. The well, fellow, I guess he's I guess he's a fellow criminal because he's because Rome labeled him so legally. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but. I, I wouldn't call that glorification. Okay. Um, and then you wouldn't have two different two different labels. But that's just a term because terminology it's, thing. It's clear throughout the the text that it's upon resurrection. Yeah. The resurrected body yeah. when the person is whole is glorified. Yeah. Um. So, also that gets into because the that's also a safety measure because regardless of whether you believe in the do you go to a waiting place. Do you just go to Judgment Day? Do you sleep until then? Yeah. Is there a thousand-year reign? Regardless. Man, I can't wait the for the new creation. I can't wait for our eschatology episode. Man, it's going to be a gong like, show. It would have to flood, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's beautiful. Isn't it good? That was um, your metaphor. No, it's too much water. Thematically <laughs> and spiritually, yes. Thematically and spiritually, yeah, yes. So, what? so all the de- all the the conversations about the exile, the descriptions of it, is uh, the words used are uh, synonyms of the of the descriptions of the flood washing over the earth and destroying it. Mm-hmm. It's weird, and so because That's, God okay. is destro- decreating Israel in that same theme of the flood decreating yeah. the world. Yeah, I guess so. you guys so. need to read All Things New. I'm, yeah. it's such a good book. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I think, yeah, glorification is the end process. So whenever that has occurred, mm-hmm. i.e. the person is resurrected from the dead in the new creation, mm-hmm. that's when it's happened. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I want to call you out too much, uh, Josh, Yeah, but you're a bad reformed. Yeah? <laughs> Why? No, according to Wikipedia, no. it's just... <laughs> wow. No, because uh, this was something I I'd, I'd heard. This idea that there's two kinds of glorification. Not that they're two okay. different things, but they're like two a two step kind of. Yeah. Even still, that's not very good. But yep. um, there's two event. The the, uh, the Wikipedia on glorification. As much as I'm going to appeal yep. to this, it's not much of an authority, but it's the idea of that there are two events that occur during glorification. These are the, quote-unquote, receiving of perfection by the elect before entering into the kingdom of heaven, and then the, uh, the receiving of the resurrection bodies by the elect. Uh, yeah. So the, the, rece- the receiving of perfection is in like, your soul being fully sanctified in yep. a glorified state, yep. and then the final glorification of your body. Yeah. Are the, would you agree that these are two different Yes, things? because reform- no, because the reformers are amillennial. So it no. happens at the same time. <laughs> Sorry, you're going to have to clarify that for me. Oh, a millennial is the the millennium is what we're going through right now, so it doesn't it's not a thousand year reign. Wait, sure, but when does is, your body is reformed actually like, do, they, do they they ultimately believe... don't care? Yeah. Okay, Which is yeah, nice, but, isn't but it? But do they no, believe no, no. Yeah. right now is the millennial reign? Uh yeah, the already but not yet. Well, Cuz Christ has been enthroned. Yeah, yeah. He reigns currently right now oh. with the oh. rod and the scepter. <laughs> yeah, I disagree <laughs> with that. I understand. Yeah. That oh, the just re- automatic. And so, yeah. so when the person dies, yeah. and Judgment Day occurs. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that there's a difference between that and Judgment Day. They're two different points in time. Yeah. So you but receive when the person, perfection before but, that. Yeah, but the person is not alive. 
the person yeah. isn't a fully human being. I hate to say that, but yeah. this is something that I believe. They're, they're not a person well, yet. Think about it. Okay, but God made humanity yeah. to be bound in flesh. Yeah. And they're not perfect until they're judged. Glorification is the means by which the elect are delivered by their, from their sins before entering into the kingdom of heaven. How does that happen? At How are you not human at that point? You're not fully human. But this defines it as something different from that point when you receive your back into your body as a fully human. Like, it's, they're two different points in time. Do you not agree that they're two Sorry, different? say that again? Uh, glorification is the means... Or this is the receiving of perfection part of it. Yeah. Glorification is the means by which the elect are delivered from their sins before entering into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's a continuous flowing process whereby believers Jesus Christ oh my gosh uh, so are they no let's saying, get into the rapture we're not going to talk about that yeah um, yeah so the, oh, and then eventually you receive once you are uh, once Christ comes back you receive your glorified perfect body again because the the revelation is describing judgment day as like an event whether yeah the same way it's describing heaven as this giant gold cube sorry the new Jerusalem is this giant gold cube that's 18 100 miles tall with right. jewel walls <laughs> with jewel walls sure um the the amillennialist tech uh i believe i'm correct i think um is that judgment day doesn't actually mean all of creation is lining up in front of god and we're all waiting our turn no i i don't believe yeah. that yeah and so the idea of us being judged like you the individual walking in front of god perfect and then being judged and then entering heaven. Sure. The amillennials would just say, you die and you're there. Awesome. When do you be, when does the new earth come then? Because it's a point after creation. Yeah. So when you die yeah. and then you wake up there. So they Really? That's yeah, what you believe. That's, that's a very common thing. It's weird. Okay. Yeah. I think I disagree with that. But okay. Sure. <laughs> but I think the... the the description of the events like judgment day and sure. the creation of the world are they they happen they yeah. it's described being them in the in the theological sense i, not I just the think occurrence. that there's a conflation I, between yeah, i understand yeah and it might just be because i'm overly simplistic but there might i just think there's a confusion uh between sanctification and glorification that's being made yeah i think it's, that just it's just talking about two different types of glorification they're both called glorification. Also, we're using Wikipedia. I know. Yeah. yeah. The Catholic the Catholic section of this says something fairly similar. But yeah. See, um, not in similar. biblically, at least, um, in biblical terms, glorification is always tied with resurrection. Almost yeah. exclusively. Yeah. Um, and I would... But not is, always is the, the doctrine. Is that on the table, though, even? Like, but not always Glorification the has not, to be um, partaking in, in the new creation, right? Like, you can't be glorified and still... On Earth, well, a bit, uh, yeah. Actually, okay. So, well, so yeah, kind of. well, no, no, no. Okay, so, a new Earth. It'll have to be new. No, no, no. I get it, so yeah. this this gets to the point. Um, if you're partaking in the whatever uh, divine nature of <laughs> Orthodoxy. The, the new creation, um, Jesus was participating in the new creation while on this sinful Earth as the glorified Jesus. Uh, yeah, hold on, re say that again. Can you repeat that? Um, when he met the disciples yep. as as his glorified self. Yep. Transfiguration. transfiguration no after his or resurrection after his death. Okay. oh after his resurrection okay yeah, he was after participating his as jesus as a part of the new creation yes okay in the sinful earth i just needed to, to hear yeah. you say after it re post-resurrection yeah. yeah yeah um 
Sorry for not being clear with that. It's all good. Thank you. Um, I don't want to lead the uh, the people astray, <laughs> especially me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that again, the 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 timing of it after the person dies is largely that again distress the mystery the mm-hmm. the tension i i agree yeah. yeah but that it's uh when you are resurrected you are glorified yeah. period full stop yeah what that transitory process occur- well hold on i i dip, dip, regardless of calvinist theology uh or just reformed theology yeah um re- if there's a transitory place, as many, I, I think, enough mm. verses hint at, but you sure. can argue yeah. otherwise, um, there's a transitory place in between where right. souls rest between that. Um, Christ uses on the cross that, that word that is normally tied to um, a waiting place to, yeah. that, to that thief on the cross. Um, I wouldn't tie that in with glorification. I don't know what that means, and I wouldn't tie it in with sanctification. Just because, just because, if you start to conflate those things, you start to ruin both glorification and sanctification. I'd have to look at it more to have a better answer for you. Right. But to simply tie that transitory place into either one of those things, you start to dilute both of those. The only, the only reason I bring it up is because that the the Wikipedia wasn't the only thing I read on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read a few other things that said something fairly similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing, I'm obviously I didn't read any books about it because I don't have any. But uh, unless. That new, all things uh, new all things new talks about maybe yeah. uh less less yeah. for sure but um a lot of them a lot of these people i read talk about a somewhat of a distinction not necessarily drawing them as two distinct things but saying like oh there's this idea of like after you die being glorified so that you can enter fully into the presence of god and, and share in his glory but then okay there's also this um the glor- fully glorified body that's given to us at the end of creation, that kind of thing. Um, I, I've, whether or not they're two separate times, I don't know. It, the, again, time is very confusing when it comes to biblical prophecy and all mm-hmm. that. And, yeah. Well, especially and when you're dealing with apocalyptic literature. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But So whether or not they're two different things, I don't know. Or if they're just two sides of the same coin or something like that, I don't know. But... I think enough people draw a distinction that it's worth bringing up. So you're fair. Let's see if I can. Okay. If I can. Let's see if I've understood what's going on. Sure. Um, you're proposing, or maybe whatever your understanding yeah, whatever. is proposing, that there would be two separate events of glorification. One would be primarily spiritual because it takes place before Christ has actually, or we've been made. Uh, Before Judgment Day, so nobody's been resurrected physically. Yeah, that's yes. that's the thing. Yeah. Okay, and and again, this all depends on, like you said, time even existing at all. Um, <laughs> and then a second one, which is just getting a glorified body, right. which is another stage of glorification. I don't like double. I don't glorification. like saying it's, Yeah, I don't like saying it's stages or different things. But it, yes, it can't be stages, and I don't think it can be two events either. Right? Because. Mm, well. It's you know it, it's either you're you're glorified or you're not right. There's, it does feel like an on-off. Well, unless they're too like it's like unless it's used like uh, how sanctification is Bible where it talks about you have been sanctified and you are being sanctified. These, kind but of, you I don't can't know. be but, new and then new again and it means anything more than just or, being or new. new or glor- like you have your new and then your new newest. I don't <laughs> like know. the like the <laughs> old and the new testament. Yeah. The new and the newest. Yeah. Testament. Um, I just I think there's also a. a um, 
this is not getting us anywhere. This is just I'm hard against two separate events, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no. And this, this might fix the problem. It definitely won't. Um, is the idea that when a person is glorified and partakes in the divine nature, um, that this was a... Um, a more like Jewish Christian thought, like mm-hmm. the Messianic Jews, that uh, uh-huh. when you partake in the divine nature, that when you join an eternal life with God, mm-hmm. uh, that you, one of the things you gain as an eternal being, like Jesus, would be that time doesn't work the same way. Um, Meh. No, I disagree. Yeah. Well, I only disagree because I don't know how it would because work. The but you word, know what? I don't, I don't know how a lot of things work. Because when it describes God oh, being eternal, it also describes him as being uh, uh, present in every moment. Yeah. Not yeah. just forward and back. I, I'm hesitant in saying that. In, in Again. In the nature of God too No, much. I never said that. But it did say that we would, we would enter into eternal life. Well, part, using the same descriptions as God being eternal. As, as a good transition from this bogged down point a little bit yeah i think you're what you're saying is a good point is that part of glorification that's big that everyone seems to emphasize is the sharing of god's glory glorification is also sharing of god's glory to an extent yes do we mm-hmm. want to clarify that down well, that's I, I always you know because it's partaking in christ's sacrifice in mm. some sense yeah. it we we were now made able to yeah. properly glorify Christ or to glorify well, God. That, that because be moral influence theory, theory right? <laughs> yeah, I'm a strong moral influence theory guy. <laughs> well, that, that could no. exactly well, be it. As, yeah. as far as when you say um, sharing in God's glory, do you mean, I think this is what not, you mean. Not the reaping the rewards of yeah, it. Yeah, you mean we share in God's glory because we are a vessel by which God is glorified and we give him glory. Truly unaltered because we are in a... Because we have been... Um, made pure. Made pure. Yeah. Not just that, made able to be righteous. Yeah. Not just the right, not just the unrighteousness has been removed. Yeah. And as and as producer of. we are able to share in God's glory because we can properly reflect God's glory yeah. as being made in his image. Yes. Is that is that what you're saying there, Colton? Sorry, I missed what you said. Um, we can actually reflect the image of God. Yeah. Thus, we can worship him. We can yeah. glorify him because we are now made pure we have now been glorified we are now made right fully um, and that is how we share in god's glory is by giving him glory in the proper state that we are in as far as i've read yes okay so it's not as though like it's like uh, we're sharing as in we get a piece of the pie no we are we are a vessel by which god is glorified and that is how we I, participate I, yeah and i think a, a big part of it is right now giving god glory is a very very difficult thing to do we can't really do it ourselves um, in the sharing of, of it is that we have now been made able to properly worship God, like you're saying. And in like right now, how do we give glory to God? By, by obeying him, by worshiping him. But we're still really bad. We're still really bad. Yeah. When we are made. And that's the full, sanctification part. Yeah. When we are made fully glorified, we are then able to properly worship God as we are supposed to. Therefore, yeah. we're working as like. If we want to use like a clock analogy, we're working like a proper cog now. Yeah. And that's doing its job properly. We're yeah. doing our job. Yeah. And that is how we share in the glory of God. As far as I can tell, yeah. yes. Okay. Or cool. to use old temple analogy. It could um, be. The temple is pure, so God's <laughs> pillar of cloud is now residing in it. Well. Yeah. Yeah, you could say that. And you're right. 
<laughs> the temple is such a dense analogy that I don't know how to use that properly. Okay. True. It's a, it's but a uh, Paul sim- does. It's a symbol I of the whole so. cosmos. And I don't know what that means it's yet. A symbol, yeah, where it's the outer... The I, outer I think the whole the, court is. Yeah, well, yeah. But, but, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the other thing, because um, we, yeah, we, this idea of, like, glorification being, and sharing in it, being this idea we're doing our part, there is, there is also the whole symbolism stuff of being uh, now made into an heir of God and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And whole the whole idea of glory is also an, an, an allegory towards, like, what a king would do. Like, you, glo- you give glory to a king, the, the splendor and glory of a king in his mm-hmm. palace, that kind of thing. And we share in that. That might also be part of it. Yeah. Um, like those verses are relatively it. tied together. Um, no, I think that just not both explicitly. of those themes are very big. Um, as yes. they both reference the same thing. You think they're referencing the same thing? Well, they, they reference a very similar idea of okay. glory and... and uh, when when we've been made heirs, we we are in the we are the crown prince essentially yeah, yeah. of the of the crown, which the is firstborn Jesus among many sons. We joined in, yeah, and yeah. in maybe Co-heirs there's that idea that yeah. you connect that with the glory of God's kingdom. Uh, M- maybe splendor. I think I this think the tie into Hebrews nation of priests thing. Absolutely, that's but completely, that's I, I think that that the reflecting. The image of God properly um, being actually purified so that we can participate in the glory of God in that yeah. worshiping aspect. I think that that reflects the kingdom of priests more so. Okay. Um, I think it's a separate theme, what Colton's I, referencing. To, to tie it a little bit um, so that's easier to I, I think it's running parallel, but I think it's slightly, sure. slightly different. Fair enough. Um, I want to read a quote for this uh, okay. so it's easier to understand. Glory is, I don't know who wrote this, I can't. It could be some rando. But uh, is it the Gospel Coalition? It is. So I believe all the writers for that are. I was going to say theologians. I I, I no. thought it was a trustworthy site, but I don't know enough. Gospel it is. Gospel Coalition tr- Coalition is amazing. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, glory is not a divine attribute like holy, holiness, but the state in which God dwells and the way in which He's perceived by others. If that's the case, if it's more of a state and more of a and not a, an attribute you you have, it's more like how someone else would perceive you, would that glory that we share with God then be included in that? Not that we're being worshipped. That's um, not what I mean. Again, I think it ties into that you are now a vessel of worship. That's where I would go. And Maybe that's okay. just because I have a limited view of things, and I want to tie it back into a Genesis terminology and perhaps even your kingdom of priests analogy, or mm. tie there, uh, Joel. Um, but I think that that's where that would go in. With, with If we're going to be emphasizing yeah. the glory, if we're going to emphasize the uh, the benefits that come with Christ being co-heirs and like the whole idea of judging angels and that stuff, which I don't know oh what gosh. that means. But I think that that comes in with yep. that idea of, hey, you are made, you are brought up by being yep. the firstborn, by following the firstborn among many. Um, and I think that that might tie in like parallel. But if we're going to be talking about glory, I think I would always go back to the, the vessel of worship terminology. Yeah, but That might um, just be my limited view. I found while researching this that... Um, this is a topic that isn't super well defined even in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Not in terms of like there's no structure or anything. It's just it gives the precepts, it gives some principles, and then says that's what it's going to be. We don't know what happens after that. Yeah, well, it seems to be like a secondary theme in most texts. Like sure. it's like, hey, here's the main thing I'm talking about. By the way, mm-hmm. this is here too. Anyway, moving Look on. Look forward to this. Yeah. 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 Um, so 
we should do a bit of summary work so that we're all on the same page. And then, were, were you able to keep some notes? Uh, no. Okay. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> but from what either. I'm getting at is, so we talked about how there's, um, there's a first we talked about how there's a lot of mystery in relationship to the glorification of an individual after death. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, we talked about we don't know what they're physically going to look like. Mm-hmm. We don't know when it occurs, but at least the cap at the end is entering new creation yeah there might be some uh in uh intuition into there's aspects of it in this waiting place yeah there might be a transitory place maybe yeah um but at least the the scripture is solid on the glorification is finally at least occurring upon the person resurrecting in the new creation yeah as the people of god living with god in the city of god Blah, blah, blah. Um, but, so, yeah, so that's where we're at. Um, what else? <laughs> now you're looking at me. <laughs> yeah. Um, where do we go from here? Well, I think it's interesting. You mentioned this a little bit earlier. Um, but I'm thinking about it now. We don't really understand the bodies we're in right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of human discovery over the last, like, 200 years or whatever has been in biology, has been in, you know, yeah. Uh, anatomy and stuff like that. You know, we barely understand our own bodies now. How would we understand a fully glorified body that includes another dimension we're not really even thinking about right now? Yeah. It's a whole thing, um, right? But you, you mentioned that this world's going to become our creation story, right? Yes, this time period. Our super earlier before the recording. Our superhero yeah. origin story. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Which no, is, I'm not referencing something earlier in the podcast. Which is something uh, that... Uh, that I think Josh and I have had long conversations about almost maybe two years ago. Yeah, and you definitely initiated it. Oh, well. question. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This is me <laughs> passing credit. Okay, um, cool, cool, cool. Like, you attributed it to me, I attributed it to him. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. say what I think, and then you can tell me whether or not. Chain of causality. Um, and so, like, the Bible often talks about new and old creation, and those are totally valid terminology yep. that he mm-hmm. uses. But there is this aspect of because God made something good, and the plan, like the whole plan from before the foundation of the earth as laid out so many times throughout scripture, is this redemptive story. The fall, Israel. Yeah. um, Or the fall, Abraham, Israel, um, Jesus, the Christians. Yeah. um, And the the coming drama of whatever generations, uh, Revelation is, um, in the new creation. And that whatever comes after that will be better for it. Yeah. So it's that they're, they're, not just new creation, old creation. They're right. bookends of creation to a greater reality. Yeah, they're they're uh, the beginning of time is Genesis one, and the resurrection is Genesis. I'm sorry, the the seventh day. Exactly. Yeah. Which, as Hebrews kind of puts in, we are is about to come. Yeah. 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 And that's when we live in the uh, the commune, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's that's us Green. entering the seventh day rest of God. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what it actually means. Um, it's not the common he, Now, to be fair, I haven't heard that as a super popular thing. I haven't really read much on that. Really? And most new ideas. No, 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 no. The, oh, okay. uh, the, the, the bookends of creation thing. Oh, okay. Um, and most new ideas in theology are wrong. <laughs> and so okay. there might be some implications in that idea right. that are heretical. I just don't know them yet. So if you know them, tell me. But isn't the biblical story who isn't a heretic? Yeah, you can say that. I don't know what it means. <laughs> Um, I'm not gonna find in N.T. Wright's Surprised by Hope, he does put forward the bookends of creation thing. Does he? Okay, then yeah. I just don't does remember reading it. 
Huh? Yeah, oh, he does. Yeah, no, he's he's really good. I think that if you wanted, like, uh, I don't even know if it's a practical view on it. Surprised by Hope is really good, which I think is That's, a book from I think, last week. I yeah, think you recommended the that most practical week. eschatology book I've ever read. Yeah, it's it's excellent, but uh, I don't know. Uh, well, he, Left he Behind's actually, pretty good too. <laughs> the Bible's really helpful. <laughs> he actually he takes takes down Left Behind pretty well. I, I like it a lot. I remember you um, saying that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So his thing is God's rest not being laziness or this kind of comatose, you know, euphoria. It's it's equilibrium. You know, it's being able to uh, fully, basically fully actualize. It's a really cool idea that he has that when Christ is saying, I will give you rest, he's not saying like, I'm going to put you to sleep. He's saying, I'm going to give you stability. Well, it's, it's right? this, and that's okay. going to be part of what new creation is, is a perfectly working system, right? Well, we have, it's, it's the idea that we have a good thing going right now, but there's tons of odd knots. The idea is that reality itself is set askew. And there's a bunch of things in it that are, you could say, uh, the earth's heading to hell in a handbasket um, because everything, it's not operating as it ought to. Mm-hmm. And that, if we went into some comatose paradise type state where it's everything's mm-hmm. perfect and it's just you know lay on a beach and get fried grapes the, um there's also another cool. analogy there to uh um six days we work on the seventh we rest mm-hmm. um it's it's a it's a change in action sure so it's not stopping like you were saying comatose mm-hmm. it's not stopping act like doing things mm-hmm. it's you do something different mm-hmm. um and that would be this whole existence we've been living in sin mm-hmm. and now we're changing direction towards God redemption yeah. into that rest, mm-hmm. the, the glorified life. Yeah. Well, we bounced around a lot and this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. What's up? Um, we got to quickly do like five minutes on, it's not just people that are being glorified. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Earth is groaning. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Romans yeah. eight, which is actually going to be my whole biblical theology. I wasn't going to get into this because glorification yeah. is normally tied to humanity, humanity and restoration and new but creation. This is the natural culmination of your idea of the bookends. Yeah. 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 Um, the old will be stripped away and the new will, the come. new will come. Well, the idea is that some sort of purge like the flood as Peter uses. Yeah. Um, purge. Well, yeah, it is. I think, I think it's, it's a good terminology for it actually. Um, and it's, I guess that'd be why I use it, duh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Romans 8 goes into the idea, the, the earth waits with eager longing for the adoption of sonship. And the yeah. idea is that both in the, because of the creation story, when the vice regents, the images mm-hmm. of God, go askew, all of reality goes askew. Eastern Orthodox theology actually emphasizes this more than Western, both Catholic and Protestant. And I don't know anything about Coptics because no one does. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I love those Ethiopians. <laughs> um, and so you you have this idea that one humanity is brought back into right relationship. Yeah. All of creation, the cosmos itself, yeah. is brought back into alignment, well, is restored and brought back to something. Not just... Not just like it was in the garden, yeah, but better. Well, yeah, and then yeah. you see in Revelation, you see a couple pictures to that. So mm-hmm. you've got um, the old earth burning away and a new earth is created. Mm-hmm. But and and that's the same terminology for that Paul uses for humans. Yep. the old man dies and a new man is created. Right. Um, but then also you've got on Judgment Day, mm-hmm. it says like every tongues from every nation, blah 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 blah. But it also says. All of creation. Yes. Not not meaning all of the people and animals in creation. 
the cosmos itself, the, all ma- the material creation, universe, right. is in front of the throne of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it's like Genesis one, where he's above the deep. Yeah. And well, it's, it's everything is in front of him. Well, there's is that this, where it says like it's the footstool at the throne kind of idea, or is that a different? That's both. That's that's a theme throughout all the yeah. scripture, okay. starting yeah. in Psalms two. Yeah, Something I think like where that. it's describing it's, his it's, the differences in his presence between Earth and. Heaven. No, I think it's tied to Messiahism. Okay. To, to, uh, okay. But a- anyway, regardless, um, there's also a tie. Um, if we're, I, I think there's a tie here again. Actually, I haven't read the paper yet, so yeah. I don't. I don't really know. Um, but this is where uh, my past studies have led me, and this is where I think I'm going to start my my studying into this, or at least continue to follow it up. Is there's a connection between so God is with hum- humanity in the garden, yeah, which is good, but how much better is God with humanity in the city? Mm-hmm. And that new city is tied to kingdom the- kingdom theology, which is tied to cosmos stuff with temple being manifestation of the cosmos. And I don't know how all those things tie, tie together and how many of them are solid, and how many of them are analogous, but there's something going on there. And man's, uh, uh, how do you put it? Man's joint effort. Yes. Yeah, yeah. sure. Where cities are always shown to be um, let's say breeding grounds for evil yeah. throughout all the and biblical creations texts. of men, uh, save for Jerusalem occasionally. Yes, um, as, really only when God's presence is actually in the temple, which is like for yeah. one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, actually, when we go over your biblical, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll have a series when we go over all of our capstone papers, and I'll be finishing that soon. Yeah. Um, and when we do that, we'll go over, uh, I guess, my capstone paper, which is uh, the current title is The Material Universe and the, Immater- and the Immaterial God. Um, and we'll see how that goes. Hey. And we'll go over that more in depth when we're going through that series of each one of our capstone papers. But we flopped around a lot. I don't know how much ground we actually covered. We covered a lot of content all related to glorification. Um yeah, if you have any more questions or your own thoughts or criticisms, like put it down. But we're going to transition into our next segment, um, which is... What's our segment, Joel? Uh, <laughs> I don't I know. I can introduce whatever, myself. Whatever floats your quote, which yeah. is a, kind of a fun joke about whatever floats your boat or goat or whatever the saying is. Whatever I can't floats remember. your goat? Whatever that's goats the one I boat? grew up with. I don't know. In the mother's milk. Oh, wait, that's Leviticus. It's a whole thing. Whatever floats your quote. This is where we take... A uh, quote from whatever origin it needs to be from, um, but and we try and take it apart and see exactly what they're saying in our own kind of skewed way. So this is like freestyle really... rapping for nerds. <laughs> so Colton, take us away. Nerd. Absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna try not to freestyle here. Uh, <laughs> Bars. All right. Today's quote. It's a great quote um, from a man. Uh, whom I think we all love, uh, Soren Kierkegaard. I'm completely agnostic towards him. What? Really? You yeah. cannot know. Kierkegaard is. I'm there. surprised you're following. Kierkegaard you follow is him great. on Instagram. No, I just like the quote. <laughs> you follow him on Instagram. Kierkegaard He's is 1600s, awesome. Like, 1700. 1700. Yeah. No, I don't know enough to form an opinion. You okay, also so. didn't follow him before I pressed the follow button. But Thank ah, you. I, I, I follow the Instagram. Page. I can see. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. But um, yes, this quote is a uh, one that we I think we've all seen and kind of like. Or at least yeah. Caleb talked about it a little bit. Jo- yeah. Josh talked about it a little bit. It is on my phone. It is on your phone. That is true. Uh, people settle for a level of despair they can tolerate and call it happiness. 
shifting down into the fun zone. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Actually, is... I think this relates to our topic a lot. Because, you think so? Yeah, because one day we will no longer have to settle for a... a okay. A, a state of despair and yeah. call it happiness. We will actually live in happiness. Here's the thing with Kierkegaard. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> with Kierkegaard, I want to know the context of that quote because with yeah. Kierkegaard, he might be saying that's a good thing because that is Kierkegaardian. Also, but that also might be right after his divorce. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, not divorce. Never got Break married. Up. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it was just a really bad breakup, but he treated yeah. it like a divorce. Oh man, it wrecked him. <laughs> no, he defeated it like half himself died. Oh no. Yeah. Well, his thing too is the idea is you can't live without regret. Period. Just accept regret. You get to choose yeah. your regret. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's actually great. That's one of his best lines. The, oh, dude. No, it helps me so yeah. much. Yeah. You, you can't live life without regret, but you can choose them. Yeah. Do you want to live the, the regret of failure or the regret of never having tried? Yeah. 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 That, or, that, that's the continuation of the quote. Is mm-hmm. do you, like, I, you have a dream about starting a band. Right, and you're like, do you want to do you want to live with the regret of failing the attempt, or the never having tried and living with the regret of never realizing your dream for until you die? Do you want to start a podcast? (laughs) Oh, are you so you're saying we chose the better of those two options? Well, we haven't failed yet because we haven't given up. We have the choice to regret. We're in the process of failing. Hey, (laughs) I'm just. I listen to the podcast. I'm just working on my testimony. <laughs> yeah. um, that's good. But that's a good to one. be fair to the quote, like there's both good and bads in it. Yeah. Um, the good is like, hey, no, you, you know, through your life, you land on a reasonable amount, something that you can tolerate. And then you learn to be happy at that level. Okay. Um, which is something that I think you could look at human history and I, just go, yeah, that's how they worked. I think... <laughs> I think the Russians agree with him. Oh yeah, it's super. <laughs> Life is suffering Dust. is one of their like well, national yeah, quotes. Yeah, there's a yeah. there's a reason why uh, Kierkegaard is thought of as the father of existentialism. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then Dostoevsky takes it up, and then kind of Nietzsche and all them. Nietzsche. Yeah. But uh, Tolstoy flirts with it, and uh, Kirk and uh, not Kierkegaard. Uh, uh, Shulvanitskin is like all of that, but in actual history. Yeah. 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 Not as much um, of a philosopher in that one. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's this idea of, you know what? And, and, and actually, Kierkegaard's big thing is that um, grief, suffering, yeah. uh, anguish, regret, all of that kind of stuff um, is not just like, yeah, it hinders you, but it's actually necessary. It's what gives you value. It's what, I... No, not gives you value. It gives you the ability to value other things, knowing that there are connotations yeah. to everything. Um, I've actually been... I think I came to the same conclusion that Kierkegaard came to, but by myself. Well, then you'd love Kierkegaard. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but my well, thought was is that so. there's a... Um, pain exists for a reason. Yep. Um, and that in in that... In, in using pain for its purpose, mm-hmm. it's actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it shows you what you value most. So when you lose a leg because a bear just took it off, you value your health. Yeah. You value Builds a good character. Body. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you lose a loved one, you realize how much you loved them. Yeah. Um, when you get... Re- no pain, no gain. No. <laughs> when you're working out. That's not true at all. Um, <laughs> uh, that when, when you are rejected, you value um, friendship. When you're lonely, you value people. Um, yeah. And that like when you have all these painful experiences pain the there's that like when you're running you're only thinking about stopping running 
Right. Like it's you, you value your rest. <laughs> yeah. No. Like, yeah. There is a negative side to this. If we're just going to highlight both sides, yes. the negative side is, and we can go with that other quote. Um, I totally forget who said it, but there's the idea. It's it's about guys, but I think it applies to everybody. Um, most men live quiet lives of desperation, and this idea that you yep. find um, a certain uh, amount of like um, grief, suffering, anguish, sure. whatever. Um, that you can live with and operate with, but you're not actually, you're barely living. You're yeah. just subsisting. Very happy, yes. Yeah. Um, Great life. Yeah. And well, that, and then you'd call that happiness. Well, it's, it's the same idea why, like, there's, at least in Western countries, in modern Western countries, you have the largest amount. And you can say that as much as mental health is more reported, that's yeah. fair, kind of. And that's, it is a true thing, but I don't or know if... In other countries people die before they can yeah well they have yeah. a lot of things distracting them yeah um but there's this idea of that there's functional depression is an epidemic and i hate saying that but it's just it's where the the stats go well it's just like the, some of the highest rates of suicide are in ivy league schools yep <laughs> like amongst ultra wealthy like um but you've also uh i and it, i think the bible describes something very similar to that which is like we live in this world and we're lying to ourselves saying that this is this is good yeah and god is screaming from the mountaintop no you guys are living in the the closest thing there, to hell there's yeah. something better <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah well ecclesiastes gets into that yeah yeah. Point, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's just like hey happiness isn't found in these things contentment isn't found in these things you oh. can barely even grasp these things that you say are so good yeah it's vapor it's nothing yeah meaningless mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah it's a. Uh, um it's all found in God, and you find God fully in the glorified world. Well, I was going to say, yeah. The, Which the starts whole, with Jesus. That, that's why yeah. a lot of the, um, the Bible, I feel, talks about um, glorification in terms of like some kind of hope, some kind of thing to look forward to, yeah. but whether it's Revelation that talks about it or it's any of the uh, things like Thessalonians or Corinthians or Romans. Well, it's all over the New Testament, and yeah. I, would, I would argue in the Old as Partially, well. Partially, yeah. Um, More actual. Well, even yeah, in the old, it would be closer to Abraham's bosom, to Sheol, kind of a thing. Well, I, I think it would be tied to messianism, the idea that God okay. will come and rule and everything will be fine, because you don't have that external, national, existential threat yeah. with the messianic uh, king that comes and yeah. rules all. And the yeah, idea so. is that would solve Israel's problems. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that that's tied in with it, but very yeah. loosely, obviously. Yeah. More general than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I think that thing. that's where you can see the, the New Testament definitely builds off of that theme. Sure. But I think that that's those themes are connected. Yeah. But um, yeah, all this pain we talk about uh, in the world, whether or not you have to just bear with the desperation of life or whatever, well, that's the point of gl- the glorified new world. Yeah. We get to live well, in a world that is without this pain, without this death. Jesus specifically talks, I think, right about this when he does the whole. Um, Come to me, all who are weak and heavy laden. Come to me, and I will yeah. give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, uh, for my burden is easy and my and my uh, yoke is light. The yoke is light. Yoke yeah. is easy. And my burden yeah. is light. You're That's right. the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is in I think both Matthew and Mark. I won't. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. My memory is right. Yeah, uh, two of the synoptics, uh, which actually gets into when I say synoptics, gets into our next series. So we're gonna get. Um, we actually have some stuff planned out this time. Uh, well, we did before. Obviously, they build off of one another. But this, planned things, yeah. There's some planning that goes along. And so we did justification, 
moral um, atonement theories. Moral atonement theories. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's that's going to be a reoccurring thing. Um, We're going to have a whole podcast just on I'm how trying, we appreciate it. Yeah, I'm trying to like convince myself of moralistic influence theory just for the meme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I'm going to be honest. Um, I wasn't there for the atonement theories. And so listening to moral influence, you've convinced me, is the best one. It's yeah. so good as a discipleship. You guys thing. should also listen to that. <laughs> no, I'm but we're gonna get into to we're gonna get into the gospels. So we're gonna have a first. The first episode is gonna be just about the gospels. Why these gospels? Where are the synoptics? All that kind of stuff. And why Introductory they hold the, the two most important gospels out of the actual Bible, right? That's heretical. Peter and I'm gonna flip the table. The talking cross <laughs> no, is the best part. Um, and then each one of us is gonna take the lead on one of the four gospels. Mm. Um, so Josh, you're gonna get Mark. Joel's getting Matthew. Colton Gettins, gets Gettins, Gettins, Gettins Luke, Gettins, Luke. Uh, and I'm going to have John. And then at the end, we'll do kind of like a harmony of the Gospels, which should be super, super fun. I'm very much looking forward to what you guys bring sure. to the table. Um, we'll be just emphasizing what makes that. I believe we're each bringing a Gospel to the table. Yep. <laughs> well, that's great news. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's good, good news. news. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, jeepers oh my gosh um oh you getting uh <laughs> yeah anyway. so we'll be looking at what makes that gospel unique okay. what theological what unique theological um ideas and themes does that gospel bring what does yes. it build on all that kind of stuff and each one of us can go a little bit of freedom into what we found interesting um yeah does anybody have something further to add there um I didn't know that this was Comedy Central. <laughs> it's super not. I wish it were, but it's not quite. Uh, welcome to Second Rate Saints. Uh, second Rate Comedy. Second Rate Comedy. Uh, it's all a gong show. And uh, thank you for listening. And tune in next time to hear about uh, the Gospels. Hopefully, maybe.